you know, these days, just because you win an international competition, it's not like automatic, boom, sure. careers settle for the next, yeah. you know, how many years. You also have to work just as hard in promoting yourself. Of course. Right? You can't just stop yeah. and just think, oh, I'm a gold prize winner, <laughs> a first prize winner at yeah. so that that's going to carry you. you know? Welcome, Jack. Oh, yes. Welcome to this uh, podcast. So I'll just introduce a little bit uh, Jack. Jack is a manager and a producer at uh, Shaxfin Asia Agency. And uh, please introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us what you do and who you are and how are you connected to classical music. Okay, well, um, so uh, I, I studied violin at the beginning. So Ooh. I went to school as a violinist. And uh, it was only my final year of... Um, school of graduate school that I decided that I wanted to try something a little bit different so I uh, actually interviewed for an internship with the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra as a in the marketing department writing okay. uh, press releases Whoa! yeah so I did that for about half a year uh, and then after that I joined uh, Lauren Mazel's uh, opera festival all right yeah yeah uh, uh, Castleton in Virginia okay. so I kind of worked as sort of a assistant to um, to the general manager and and to the maestro, so doing all the back end sort of stuff. Okay. Yeah, that which is like moving chairs and stands. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, carrying his scores. No, it, it looks good on my CV. But <laughs> yeah, and after that, yeah. you applied for a job. For yes, that's right. So by that stage, uh, actually, the company that I'm working with now. Uh, got me in so then I moved to moved to Singapore oh right then that was 10 years already why did you decide to go into this managerial roles why what was your first decision going from the violin to to becoming mm -hmm. an assistant and writing the press mm -hmm. releases why did you do that so it was kind of by accident in, in a way because um, you know when you go down the music school route you know you're, you're very focused you just practice and in a way, it's quite competitive because everyone around you, they practice and, and, and uh, everyone sort of their dream is either you uh, become a soloist, you win a competition or um, be an orchestral musician, etc. Right. So it's a very, especially in music school, it's that very one one track yeah. direction, which is, I guess, when you're young, like teenager, 18, 20s. That gives you that sort of focus, which is in a way good, and that trains you, you know, your, your technique yep. and your skills. But I guess as you get older, and especially when you're doing graduate school, you start to see the world. The world is not just a practice room and then <laughs> audition and then, you know, the world is everything else because you have to think about your career. And as you say earlier, you know, just because you practice, it doesn't mean that you make it, you know, because... Yeah. Uh, the world has changed so much compared to the older generation of, say, Gidon, right? Yeah. So in that era, you know, you really practice, that could lead you somewhere. But today it's so different because your audiences are so different. It's a very different generation and the world has become so globalized that, and, and uh, with technology, people's attention span changes, right? <laughs> so, so the focus is very different. So, uh, and then I felt that, at least for my story, was that, you know, you, you practice all that, and then I felt that you get to a certain level, but then how, you get so stressed about it, and then how can you do better? What is it that you want to do? Do you want to be in an orchestra for the rest of your career, just playing in 
back of the second violin of <laughs> a decent but probably not the best orchestra would would i be happy doing that for 20 years <laughs> then i realized actually the answer is no not really so then what else could i do so it was then uh, my accompanist at the time she was quite wise. She said, why don't you, uh, I mean, continue to practice and do that. Why don't you uh, start looking around to see what other things you could do in music, if that's mm -hmm. what you want to do. And, <laughs> and that's when I thought, okay, I'll have a look around. And, and, uh, and I sort of started to, that's where I started to look into maybe, maybe performance track wasn't quite what I wanted. Because mm -hmm. towards the end of my master's, uh, master's in violin, uh, so I was actually looking at like uh, doctorates in musicology, something a little bit yeah. different. And then I chanced upon um, applications for internships in, in orchestras and different mm -hmm. organizations. And I thought, why not just try it? So I, I literally just put together a CV and just sent. And then lo and behold, I actually got a reply from the orchestra. Um, so, and I remember when I went for the interview, um, they said that actually they normally don't take people not in that position, which was a uh, marketing role. And they, they told me, the orchestra um, uh, office told me when I went for the interview, they said that usually they don't, um, they only look at people with a um, business or from business school or marketing, that, that sort of um, area of study, mm -hmm. right? So, but they thought that it was interesting that I, coming from music, uh, uh, would do this so they thought they would give me a try so so and and that's how it happened and uh, <laughs> and then one thing led to another I applied for a few more positions and I actually got it great but uh, it's uh, it's amazing to uh, figure out what you want to do at such an early stage you know because maybe then there are some people who finish the school and true, they they feel okay I've been studying for this yes. uh, for 15 20 yes. years I need yeah. to do what this yes but uh, it's great to have such a self-awareness to like okay you know like do I want to do this I go I, I think direction. It, yeah I wouldn't say it's early but but certainly you're right in that uh, you, as I started doing you know into this management role and I started to meet a lot of people even back when I was in school in, in the States um, I started to meet a lot of people who become CEO. For example, a very good example was um, I got introduced to, at the time, CEO of New York Philharmonic. Mm -hmm. And he, he came, he was a French horn player. And he, he played in an orchestra professionally in the US for many years. And then suddenly, not suddenly, but I guess over time, he also changed. So that was much later in, in that mm -hmm. career. And I started to find out that a lot of these people in these top roles actually are musicians to begin with right. and they transitioned yeah. one way or another and uh and i suppose it, it comes to us at different phases and, and different points in our lives what we feel or what we value is more important yeah. you know and where we can be of value to the organization yeah. or to the to the to the art you know yes but sometimes maybe you know it's uh, you feel you might feel like okay i uh, have something to say as an artist and as a musician but you might feel that like it is so much more useful you can do for the organization that you, for example, mm -hmm. believe in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you, you, you feel like, okay, I want this organization organization to be always on stage and playing. What can I do mm -hmm. to, to mm -hmm. make it happen more? Mm -hmm. So this is also, of course, and it's uh, absolutely uh, vital that people in leading positions of, of uh, management 
are also connected to music and have mm -hmm. gone through yes. studies, performances, yes. so they can understand. Exactly, how they, they, they understand not just the music yes. and, and the, the uh, knowledge about what they're selling or yeah. working with, but also knowing how artists and musicians um, think. Yeah. Because okay. it's, it's so important, they have to be on the same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that, that is crucial. And, mm -hmm. and that's the one thing I find is different in Asia to Europe. Because in Asia, the top management tends to be not from music. Mm -hmm. So there's always a little bit of discord. Though it is changing in some places, but um, we see it a lot in Asia that they're not usually musicians or artists mm -hmm. at the top. Yeah. So it's a very different mindset. Yeah. So it's, there's usually quite a bit of clash in there. You said that uh, uh, nowadays uh, audiences are different. The attention span is so much shorter. Mm. So how you, how you as, a, as a manager and as a producer, do you somehow think about it when you produce a concert, when you want to make a concert, make a program and invite an artist? Do you think about those things like uh, the audience, the attention span or Oh, it's not really in your power because when you invite an artist, probably an artist just wants to play what the artist wants to play, no? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> there's never a right answer or wrong answer or there's never a set formula. I think it depends on the context. Mm -hmm. um, and it depends on uh, where the concert is going to be and who the artist is, I think. Right. Because um, let's say with Gidon, it's you kind of get the programs from the management mm -hmm. and sure you can have some discussion about it but you know in Gidon that he has a very um, set way of doing it and that works is because he is Gidon and so and, <laughs> and usually audiences go to see him not because he's playing um, Bach or um, Mozart or Beethoven right it's because he's playing what he he is yes. especially you know the, <laughs> for the last uh, two decades or so, right? Yeah. So there's that, there's that sort of um, part. Uh, and then there's certainly younger artists is where you kind of have to sort of help and mm -hmm. advise the sort of yeah. direction. But that's also dependent on their repertoire yeah. as well. And what is their strength? Um, oh, coming back to your other part of the question about audiences, mm -hmm. um, Yes, attention span is getting shorter because of technology where of people want things fast and, and, uh, and, and they don't want to sit through a whole performance, especially on, 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 on recording, right? So they're sort of fast forward yeah. to the, the best bits or the favorite parts. Um, Can we do that on concerts now, you know, we just play, play and then... And yes, and say, wait, 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 can you skip to... Uh, <laughs> that would be a good format though, interesting format to be, check. I think that it's, it's more to do with um, how audiences, uh, when, when they get bored, do they, would they want to come back? Mm -hmm. So I suppose it's about finding ways to engage your audiences, right? And to so that they they are used to listening to different kinds of music. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I, yeah, I mean there will always be an audience for something. So it's just a question of how much, how yeah. many audiences, how how much, how many people can you attract yeah. for them to come? But how do you think like uh, this uh, audience engagement? Is it only uh, programming 
pieces that uh, make people come back or is it uh, a format of the concert where you have to communicate with audience or that you need to make it somehow interactive that the audience feels like a part of it how do you uh, how do you tackle this question of uh, to engage the audience so they come back the second time in the third mm -hmm. I think there's no again I don't think there's a set formula. of course yeah and I think it, it really depends on in each region especially in Asia mm -hmm. in each region each city each country they have different um, uh, culture of going to concerts, sort of uh, what attracts them. Sometimes it is programming. Sometimes it is you're getting the right artist. Sometimes it's the, the pieces. Uh, and sometimes it is because they, they've, uh, they want something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So I think it, it depends. And, and especially in Asia, the power of marketing is crucial. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we're here in Korea. So, and in a way, Koreans, not just looking at classical music, but in the broad aspects of performances here in Korea, where be it K-pop or <coughs> classical in, in our case, or uh, anything else, the power of marketing is crucial. It's that whole package. <laughs> so, like what we were saying earlier, practice, practice, so that we can uh, get to Carnegie Hall. Of course, one has to be a certain level, you know, you can't be not good right you have to be of some <laughs> level right but what takes you to the top so that so the practice gets you through the door let's say yeah right so and and <laughs> as you say these days there's so many fantastic players so those that get through the door it's a lot a dime a dozen like 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 i mean when we were in school like when i was in school they were churning out hundreds of violinists every year <laughs> everywhere yes. right so why are they going? Well, <laughs> schools? And they all play very well. They yeah. can play all the concertos, all the pieces, right? They all can pass the audition, but where, are they, where are, are they going? So that level, there's a lot of people. So how do you get from this level to the next level? So what are the things that you do? Those are things that are beyond the practice. Right. You know, um, of course, certainly, if you're good looking, it, it helps a little bit. But one also has to know how you to market that. You know, one could be good looking, um, but then you don't know what you're doing with it. Yeah. Also, your personality. Yes, whether, exactly. Yeah, you may be good looking, but then you're a bit shy. You you kind of um, don't feel like uh, you want to you know yeah. show off or something. Yeah. Which, in a way, in our field, you kind of have to have that um, confidence. Yeah. A little bit. If you really want to make it that you're daring, a little bit daring yeah. to, to, but to push, push the envelope a little. Yeah. But I think it's like, you know, it, there is a big, um, uh, for example, question between uh, being authentic self, yeah, being mm -hmm. yourself how you are, mm -hmm. or uh, improving certain things. So, for example, it's fine if, you are, if, if a person is shy, there is nothing wrong mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. uh, then it's just a question, uh, like, would you like to stay shy and maybe go for some other things if you are not... Uh, you know, if you're not maybe confident enough to go and talk to the right people yet yeah, to mm -hmm. start net networking mm -hmm. and creating, you know, a big list of, of contacts and yeah, yeah. everything, it, it's okay. But you need to know that it might be, uh, it might make it harder for you to have a certain career if you want, if you mm -hmm. want to be a soloist or like a, some uh, big chamber musician. And some things I think can be also in, in small ways, but improved, you know, anyone can go and uh, do like a speaking course, you know, and how to, uh, yeah, how to speak. True, true, Anyone true, true. can do uh, this course mm. and that course. And it all helps a little, little by little. And it's possible to also 
become that uh, confident and open extrovert person to an extent, of course, mm -hmm. with uh, studying. And so, which mm -hmm. is, again, the things that are beyond practice. Mm -hmm. But obviously, like to get to another level, it's of course there, there is a whole package of like your personal qualities that, that lead you there. But mm -hmm. also it's a lot about uh, being lucky, mm -hmm. being heard by the yes. right people, being creating this uh, network of, of yes. contacts and of uh, yes. people who you can approach and, mm -hmm. and also to be becoming very personal with people, That's right? True. Because you can't, you can't really uh, so easily to talk to someone that you don't know at all, like mm -hmm. any agent or, or promoter or manager, mm -hmm. you still need to be build a little bit of personal connection, yes, right? Yes, that's to true. Yes, so that's for example, true. for you in, in your company, how do you, so there are artists like, uh, by the way, a little bit background information, we are now in uh, South Korea and Seoul in a hotel room and um, we are here on tour with uh, Kremerata Baltica and Gidon Kremer and um, we have a concert tonight and uh, Jack is being a manager on this tour and uh, so we are very grateful actually for, be, for being here you know it's amazing after Covid to finally mm -hmm. be flying so far away in the right. world and playing these beautiful concert halls like mm -hmm. uh, today in uh, Seoul Arts Seoul Art Center yes yes which is always amazing to be to be in and I, I just want to say <coughs> you were saying earlier about you know be, being true to ourselves being authentic we don't want to put a facade on um, this, I mean, I think there's two sides to that coin. One, one is, you know, we are at the, at the end of the day artists and, and we, through our music, be it or, or even actors, right? Mm -hmm. uh, through their craft, their art form, they, they have to create a persona in a way. So I wouldn't say that it's necessarily bad in, in that sense that uh, they're being someone who they're not. But it's sort of like that persona, like when, you know, some, some people are shy naturally, mm -hmm. right? Um, but then when they go on stage, it's like yeah. totally different. But then when they're off the stage, yeah. it's, 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 it's a different yeah. person in a way. But that's, that's sort of, that's their artistry yeah. in, in a way. So I, I wouldn't say that it's, that when, when they are sort of in that sort of mode, it's, it's totally wrong mm -hmm. and that, that, that they are not who they are. But at the same time, um, for them to really break into this uh, uh, um, career, I think they do need to have that awareness that in certain circumstances, they have to be a little bit more confident when yeah. speaking to people or trying to be a little bit, uh, stand their ground about who they right. are and what they're trying to do a little bit. But of course, it has to be, uh, they have to be very tactful and mindful in how to do that. Yeah. You know, you don't want to overdo it and <laughs> sort of uh, get people unhappy about it or, or something like that, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's, it's, yeah. it's knowing um, to be tactful, yeah. basically, yeah. So, so I, I, it reminds me of a story. Um, so my, my teacher back, back home in Australia, um, uh, Paul Wright, is sort of a bit of a legend back, back in, uh, in Australia. And... He studied in uh, London, uh, in the UK at the um, Menuhin School. He was a student of Menuhin, and he was he went to school with um, the uh, the uh, British violinist um, Nigel Kennedy, mm -hmm. and he used to tell us stories that because they went to school very young, probably preteens, right, mm -hmm. ten, twelve years old. So they used to go to school together, and he re remember Nigel Kennedy being this very shy, um, quiet kid. <laughs> and he said that as they grew up together and over the years at school, he kind of opened up, he forced himself to open up because if he wanted to build that career and 
and do the things that he wanted to do, like on the jazz stuff. Yeah. He had to, you know, build that confidence and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and do it. And, and he said that it was kind of like had two sides to his personality. If you knew him personally, he, he was this very um, quiet, yeah. shy, reserved sort of person. But then, of course, as part of, you know, building that persona on stage and that, he, he's this, you know, yeah. uh, very different person. Yes. So, in a way, that's the craft, I think. Yeah. You said about marketing, yeah, and that mm. it's important, especially here in Asia. Um, but who is investing in that marketing? It's not artists themselves who are investing, no? It's like uh, management or is it agencies? Yes and no. <coughs> I think it's a bit of both. Because the, uh, the managers can only do so much and give some direction. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, the artist also has to input because it's their career right. as well. So I think it, it, it has to come to an agreement between the artist and the management. But how is it? Are we talking about uh, digital marketing or are we talking about some uh, just old school TV ads and posters and everything? What are we talking about when so we speak about marketing? I think it depends on the region as well. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, there's a few um, parts to it. So I think the first part, the artist has to have their own marketing power, uh, marketing base, yeah. right? So. So I suppose things will be like um, in these th- these days would be Instagram, Facebook, which is the artist's own um, collateral, so things that he or she can control, yeah. like their own page, um, writing their own bios. I suppose that they have photos first mm-hmm. and things like that. Then there's their agent or their managers, which kind of put a different spin on it, I suppose, on their own websites and when they need to speak with their mm-hmm. um, potential presenters and and orchestras or whoever um, there's that sort of uh, internal kind of uh, marketing mm-hmm. then there's the end product which is uh, the orchestra or the presenters or whoever is um, <coughs> presenting the artist then they do it for their city or their region right and that's that's again links back to you know how how successful is the marketing done from the beginning which is the first part which <laughs> is the solo artist part so a very good example would be um, uh, would be if if say a soloist A or artist A has a very strong Instagram follower or they they have uh, um, social media wise or in terms of marketing they're quite strong by themselves mm-hmm. they can command uh, ticket sales just on their own that shows value to the end product which is hmm. the the presenter say because to them they say well if I uh, if Solus A asks for X amount of money, um, it could be high, right? But already, if we do that, there's a certain amount of returns already that they can they can they can right. calculate from ticket sales, even without doing anything. That's that's a that's a that's an easy right. formula to, to to see. So then they don't need to spend so much on their own end marketing because mm-hmm. the this artist already comes with like guaranteed ticket sales, for example. This is actually amazing how you just explained uh, the value of social media for an artist. Because yes. uh, so social media is not uh, like a vanity project or it's not uh, uh, simply like, oh, everyone is doing it, so I'll well, do it I too. Well, I think you. it's a little <coughs> bit like, it is still a vanity project in a way, because, <laughs> but it's how we as a modern society, well, I suppose a society in general, mm-hmm. not just modern, it's uh, this... Um, uh, put it in a blunt way, of like a perversion of people looking into someone else's life. Mm-hmm. And we get, we get excited about it sometimes, <laughs> right? Because, 
you know, it's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, especially if someone, um, celebrities, right? We right. all like to sort of see wait, where, where they're eating, where they're going, what they're wearing, what they're doing today. And especially in these days, days like, you know, with the stories, I like to see their day-to-day, what's in the day in the life of yes. a celebrity yeah. ex, for example, yeah. right? And, and people get excited and they follow and they like, and, and make comments and stuff like that. <laughs> and that's, I would say that that's not a new um, phenomenon. I mean, we look at that 20, 30 years ago with paparazzis. Mm-hmm. Okay, and because of technology, it wasn't as fast, right? But you have those magazines, yeah. you know, following celebrities and, and things like that. And now everyone is their own paparazzi, right? Because yeah, you because, do it you yeah, and, yourself. And also, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and also on, uh, with, through social media, so yeah. fast. Yes. You know, tracking and, and all that. And, and uh, it's everywhere. It's yeah. global and it's instant. And that's sort of partly also the attention span yeah. because it, things are so fast now that, you know, uh, I within within 30 seconds, I know like Celebrity X, what they're doing, yes. where they are, yeah. you know. But you would say then that it makes sense these days to really invest as an artist, to invest your time and er- energy or to have a team around you who invests this time and energy into building this uh, social media presence and uh, internet presence and to have I'm not only saying that you need to work only for numbers because mm-hmm. uh, you need not only a lot of followers, you need loyal followers who, mm-hmm. are, who are interested in what yes. you do that, uh, yes. that will in the end uh, buy tickets or watch that live stream and things yes. like this. So it makes sense to, to invest time in this, right? It, oh, it yes, gives yes, a signal it. to I managers and promoters. Yes, I think it's, I mean, it's time, time is money, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, to invest your time to do it. And it's not just like, oh, I'm posting a photo of, what I'm eating for lunch or whatever, <laughs> right? It's also about creating a content that gets people's attention, it's, it's right? Absolutely. Yes. So it's not just, oh, I'm a violinist, or here, let me play some stuff. Yeah, it sounds cool. But yeah, okay, you get the um, music nerds that they'll probably, oh, that's, that's really good. Yeah. Like, but, then, but then what you're tr- the people that you're trying to um, attract is not necessarily those that play music. Right. Because... Those people who play music and understand music, they most of the time, in my opinion, they've made up their mind whether they like you or they don't, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because they, they, know, they know, like, um, the best example is um, for classical concerts um, in, in Asia is, uh, I always think that, in a way, it's not so important to attract music, people who know music to the concert because they've made up their mind whether they like this artist or not, they like this program or not. Mm-hmm. It's those really out there that don't know music very well or don't don't have any background in yeah. music. And that's the ones that you're trying to attract. Mm-hmm. And so now you see, let's say with the orchestras, symphony orchestras, how they're attracting, they're using, um, let's say in Singapore, right? Because that's why I live, so I see much more clearly like the Singapore Symphony trying to do a lot more pops concerts, mm-hmm. film music, um, probably more known artists that people sort of latch on, like, oh, it's a known name. Mm-hmm. So there's a higher chance that people would sort of like, okay, I've heard of this name, so let's go watch mm-hmm. it. Or they do more known composers that people, you know, out there yeah. sort of know a little bit, are more familiar with, like yeah. Beethoven. Mozart, for example. <laughs> so when you do a concert of contemporary music, it is difficult because it's not necessarily that it's bad music. 
in fact, those people out there, they don't know this music. So, you know, they probably most of them uh, have a very open mind than musicians or people with music background because they say, oh, this is interesting. I've never known about this, but they just don't, are not familiar with it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we ask you like It's like food, right? If you're not familiar with the type of food or what this is, you're sort of like probably half laughing. Uh, yeah. Do I want to try it? Uh, but then if I try it, I'll probably regret it yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> maybe I don't like it, right? <laughs> you always need an introduction. Someone needs to come, come and tell you, like, you should try it. This just is amazing. Take, take a yeah. bite. Just take a bite, yeah. you know, just give, give it a go. Yeah, but right? it was, it's also like, you know, about this familiarity. I was uh, reading a book uh, called mm. Hitmakers. It was uh, analyzing like the hits of the last century in like pop music. Mm. And uh, it comes to kind of conclusion that uh, people want something a little bit new, but also to have enough familiarity there yes. not to be completely out there. Yes. So, and yes. even it was speaking about the very famous artists. They said that, for example, almost none of the uh, big uh, pop or rock stars or, or even or those musicians who have changed the direction of a style of music, they didn't change the direction from their first album. The first album, the second and the third, maybe even the third, was still building on a, a taste and likes of the audience which, mm -hmm. which they already had. And only mm -hmm. later, when they already had a presence mm -hmm. and a power and a fame, mm -hmm. they were able to be more radical adventurous and adventurous and, and, and change mm -hmm. things. How do you find the artists with whom you work? How do you, do you approach the artists to make a concert tour for them in Asia or do they approach you? How does this happen? Uh, both ways. It both goes ways, both yeah? ways. And I think it, it depends on, uh, on a number of factors. For us, um, uh, well, because our specialty, the Sharks in Asia specialty, is actually touring in Asia Pacific specifically. Mm -hmm. So that's our territory. Mm -hmm. And unlike Europe, <clears throat> where you have agencies that do whole of Europe, everywhere right so the mm -hmm. german agencies will also do this but also territory within germany for mm -hmm. example but in asia it's very much you have agencies within each country but they don't really do towards whole of asia mm -hmm. you know from china to japan to korea to taiwan to southeast asia to australia so it's really fragmented so we are mm -hmm. one of the few um that does that uh which gives us an advantage in that we can look holistically for the region um, and there's fewer of these agencies that deal with whole of asia partly is language is one thing but also um there's su such a wide different culture of and way of thinking mm -hmm. throughout the different countries yeah. in the region so it's very difficult to piece everything together mm -hmm. yeah so um so in a way that a lot of artists have come uh, to us because they see this as an advantage that we can bring to, the, to, the, okay. to them when we tour. And also it goes the other way around, like a lot of the presenters and agencies in Asia, um, because also it's a language thing. And sometimes it's when they want to do bring an artist in, they want to um, share the costs mm -hmm. with a number of different presenters, yeah. but it's difficult them to approach say a, a Chinese agency or a Chinese presenter mm -hmm. to approach uh, Japanese or Korean mm -hmm. or uh, wherever in, um, because of different cultures and different um, mindset mm -hmm. so to have an agency like us in between helps to facilitate right to look at the b bigger broader picture yeah. 
But uh, also, uh, tell me, do you make, for example, when, when you, you approach an artist or artist approaches you, for example, and they say, we have th I have this program to propose mm -hmm. for you, yeah, mm -hmm. it's like there is this concert that I want to play. Mm -hmm. uh, do you, how do you analyze, like, okay, can I sell this or not? Can I do a tour with this kind of program or with this artist mm -hmm. or not? How mm -hmm. do you come to that conclusion that you can take on this project and be successful with it? Um, it's, again, there's no set formula. You <coughs> it really depends on what it is. And sometimes, as you say earlier, it's a little bit of luck. Mm -hmm. Like, at the right time, the right opportunity. Like, um, sometimes a, a certain presenter somewhere asks for, oh, I'm looking for a certain type of programming. Mm -hmm. And just so happens someone <laughs> met, uh, sent me a message saying that they want a tour that fits this mm -hmm. profile. And it just somehow pieces together. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you find another presenter somewhere or a uh, 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 um, client or somewhere that wants to do it. And then somehow you've strung together a tour. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes a bit of luck. And so suddenly in some cases, it, it is a long-term planning. Mm -hmm. like, uh, like, for example, with Cremorata, I mean, uh, um, the company has been working with Gidon and Cremorata way before I started with mm -hmm. the firm. So it's, it's a long, very long relationship. And, and in a way... This is a set formula now, <laughs> because people, are the presenters who, who present Cremorata, they kind of know what they're expecting mm -hmm. and they understand the style and what it, what, what it is. So in that sense, you guys are sort of a set formula. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of, of the business, there is the very impromptu, very mm -hmm. kind of improvised, like, um, and, and in Asia, unlike Europe, in some places in Asia, not, not so much in Japan and Korea, it's very short-term planning, mm -hmm. especially oh, really? China. Okay. So, well, it remains to be seen what happens now in the post-pandemic right. era. But let's say before the pandemic, quite often in China, especially the smaller cities, um, things could happen in six months. Okay. Wow, it's uh, surprising. I, for some yeah. reason, I always assumed that like if it's Asia here, like you know, also especially if it's like European artists coming here, ah, yeah, then yeah. it needs to be planned for like you know three, four years. Oh yes, it's the the big projects uh -huh. and uh, the big cities, and especially Korea and yeah. Japan. Uh, but in, in like uh, Hong Kong, also is quite quite in a, quite uh, quite early. But a lot of the small places in China mm -hmm. are very very last minute. So wow. it's a lot of like, but you know. But uh, the big cities like Shanghai, Beijing is, is, is still okay. You yeah, still okay. need a, a, at least a year to 18 months. Okay. Yeah, but, but usually we, we like to plan the big cities first. And then, then if there's like a small yeah. city, we, we put in. Without uh, making any, without uh, disclosing any secrets of the trade, of course. <laughs> but uh, what makes an agency an agency? So basically, you have probably a contact to every concert hall right and, Pretty, and have yeah, a yeah. you know someone personally in every concert hall and then when you have a for example a, a artist or an orchestra uh, with whom you work you can call mm -hmm. or send, send an email and say like hey we have this program can we put it here mm -hmm. like at this date or at this mm -hmm. uh, period right this is what you yeah, yeah. how you find concerts yes and uh, do you how, how does it happen so you have a program do you just send this email to everyone or like that oh i have this orchestra coming in from in september Mm -hmm. Do you send this email to everyone, or how do you decide who to ask, where to make this concert, where who who to talk to? Uh, again, it's uh, it's uh, it depends on the project, yeah. and it depends on. I mean, after doing this, and of course, you know, you know, being in the business, you know everyone basically, mm -hmm. especially in your territory yes. that you need to work, right? So, 
and there's always going to be some new new company or new presenter mm-hmm. popping here and there so it's just being aware um but uh in terms of the projects you kind of also by doing by knowing these people you kind of know the taste of right. the the artistic director at this venue mm-hmm. or the programmer or uh, you know if this venue what sort of what is their direction do they yeah. do more contemporary music or they like to do early music etc so you kind of know a little bit how to gauge so it's also actually it's for the for the artists themselves if you are of course if you are uh, already a successful artist who has a management it's uh, different that the that the manager who is thinking how to <laughs> propose your concert but yeah. if you are just starting out I think it's a good idea to also check like your local venues, for example, check, mm-hmm. check out the programming from the past year for yep. the future mm-hmm. and to see like, okay, so they have this taste, like mm-hmm. this is what they are programming, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I can come up with a program that fits this, right? Yeah, and yeah, then you yeah, can yeah. come and, and say like, hey, like, you know, here I am, here is my yeah. little demo or like, sure. or come to my concert and hear yes. what I can, can yes. offer you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's really no... Um, uh, uh, one answer to, yeah, to of all course. this. There's so many ways around it and sometimes, well, at least what I can say for in, in, in Asia is that you just have to try because, and things move very fast in a way. So things change, direction changes. Yeah. And, um, and unfortunately in Asia, a lot of it has to do with politics as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, for, for example, um, I was just talking to uh, uh, our Chinese, some of our Chinese partners. We're talking about um, twenty, the next two three years. You know, the planning, and uh, and the question of um, Korean artists came up because, um, uh, so a few years ago, this was actually back twenty fifteen or fourteen even, the uh, the American government decided to put um, these ICBMs in Korea. Mm-hmm. What is ICPM? Uh, the Intercontinental Ballistic Missile. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So because of that, the Chinese government protested to the Korean mm-hmm. government saying that you, mm. you know, it's yeah, a threat yeah. to them, right? So in retaliation, unfortunately, we as artists uh, suffer the consequence. The Chinese government says, then if, if the Korean government continues to allow American uh, missiles to be placed on Korean soil, then we'll have to ban something from Korea and so that they ban um, artists, Korean artists, so Korean passport holders to perform mm. in, in, in China. So you think that, okay, um, so it means like Korean orchestras, you know, like Philharmonic, for example, can't go to China, which is true. But it also means, let's say it's um, um, London Symphony, if, they, if one of the violinists is a Korean passport holder, or the uh, the French National Ballet has one of the dancers or uh, one of the crew members, for example, holds a Korean passport. They won't be able to enter, wow. which has been has been a problem. So 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 it's things like that that one has to know. Yeah. For example, well, and, and there are a million other different you know things as yeah. well. But that that as a top of the list that just yeah. came up. Yeah. But it's clear. I mean, of course. Uh, so I think in a way, Asia has a lot more of this issue. Yeah, so it's uh, crucial so to have a rep- uh, have an agency like yours. In, to in a, yes, yes, in a way. But it's also to understand that Asia works very differently to say Europe. Where Europe is much more in solidarity. There's right. a more even playing field in that sense. Whereas mm-hmm. in Asia, that's why agency work in Asia has its um, advantages because 
is between countries to countries and in Asia is so different. Mm -hmm. How do you? It's not even just a language issue of language, but how do you find a productive way to work? So you know, like part of uh, what I want to find out with this uh, dialogues is um, how do we how do, how do we make it as classical musicians, right? Because right. I think often we are really stuck at practicing. Mm. And we think that, of course, practice makes perfect and uh, we're gonna, the more I practice, the better I become. And it is true, but as mm -hmm. we spoke before, that there is a certain level that you reach, you already, uh, you know, can play everything, mm -hmm. you, you are special. Because in the end of the day, we as human beings, everyone is special. Mm -hmm. So everyone has something special to offer. Mm -hmm. And also in the playing, in the approach to music, in the programming. But yet there are all of these little things that, that make your career go forward. Of course, mm -hmm. uh, winning competition helps, having a famous uh, teacher helps, mm -hmm. studying in some big school helps, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe meeting some famous conductor who, mm -hmm. who says, you. oh, yeah, yeah. come with me and yeah, yeah, uh, play yeah. some solos for the next yes. three months. With yeah, sure. yes. <laughs> it all, of course, it helps. Yes. Uh, but is there also a way that a musician can approach an agency or a musician can approach a promoter and propose something by themselves if they are just starting out is it is it possible or not really it, it is and i think there's no harm really mm -hmm. uh, and just because and and there's no harm to try a few times because it, it's not sometimes it's the uh, the timing as we talk about the luck so sometimes with an agency it's like um it's not that they're not interested or it's not that they um don't like it. I think it's more the opportunity where, with um, if they when they with your playing or whoever it is, does it fit into a specific programming plan? Mm -hmm. That sometimes by luck, sheer luck, as I was saying earlier, sometimes it just so happens that say a jazz group right writes to me, and usually we we do very little jazz because in Asia there's very limited market, mm -hmm. very limited presenters that will do it. But just so happens um, uh, that the certain presenter that we work with was asking for an American-style jazz group. <laughs> and it just fits. And it worked. Wow. So there are times that it does happen like that. Um, so that's one. It's just pure luck and just right. Uh, another one is, um, uh, I think, especially for more conventional classical artists like violins, pianists, and they're playing very standard repertoire. There has to be something of value that's beyond the playing, I think. Mm -hmm. so, sure, or, or that you have a unique voice in, what, in your playing. Mm -hmm. Something that makes you stand out yeah. very, very uniquely. Uh, that would attract the attention of, of an agent mm. or manager. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, a unique story, actually, for that matter. Yeah, this is uh, the question of story arises because so it's a narrative, you see. Right. That that <laughs> presenters can sell. Yeah. And people like to buy into that. Yeah. Now, be it uh, clothes, a designer, a, a watch <laughs> brand, or, or something. And if you have a very interesting story to say, like, oh, especially these days, you know, if you're talking about sustainability, about the environment, people buy into that. Yeah. Um, you know. I, the, the question of story is, uh, it, it seems to me in, in the conversations that I'm having lately, 
the story is crucial. It's absolutely like, because it's just, uh, you know, I was, um, for one website that I was creating, I had to go through maybe 300 bios of artists who were taken part in um, over, over a decade, you know, in this uh, organization. Mm. And I went through buyers. And you know, after like four or five days of like just uh, reading reading people bias and, and copy pasting, I was like, wow, there were maybe like three or four bias that stood out, because the rest was like, okay, born here, would start yeah, playing yeah, violin yeah, at the yeah. age of four, had, school, uh, you know, want this, bad, uh, blah, did blah, that, blah, blah, blah. and yeah. it, it's good to know. Of course, it's good to know this, but it does not tell a story. It does not tell what. Uh, what what makes you stand out from all of the other artists mm -hmm. who have just the same bio and mm -hmm. just the same amount of uh, uh, medals yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So also like one suggestion is like definitely going through a lot of uh, bios. It's very, very important to have the first paragraph, something special that it can be copy pasted, you know, or like yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's something like you to grab someone's attention. Yeah, exactly. Like this first paragraph that I can uh, read and then I can tell something someone, oh, you know, this person yeah, like yeah, yeah. is doing this exactly. and that. It's a, uh, that comes down to attention span, you know, <laughs> it's like yeah. if you have a very long bio, like, you know, I think you wouldn't even read it because, you know, when we see these long things, we just scroll. Oh, no, it's oh, so okay, long. Yeah, no, no. You just read the top. Part. Okay. Yeah. I get the idea. This is also if people approach you, for example, what kind of like as a, as a producer and manager, what kind of emails do you like to get? How short can, should the information oh, no, be and what should people send you? I, um, I actually like to read okay. <laughs> because it, always it pertains a lot of very important information. Does I, it, sorry, does it make sense like for, for example, uh, of course uh, in pop music it's uh, obvious that at, at least how it was before that uh, you record a demo with your group, with your band, you send the demo to people to listen and mm -hmm. then they can grab mm -hmm. onto it. In classical music, do you record demos? Like, in, you know, like does it make sense to, if you come up with some kind of project and programming, is oh, it yeah, makes, yeah, does yeah, it make sense sure, to make a sure. demo? A demo or if you have it in performance. I yeah. mean, we, because at the end of the day, what speaks stronger is you have to watch it. Right. right? Or you have to hear it, you have to yeah. watch it. So right? you, you, can, you can write the most flowery, most beautiful <laughs> bio and CV. Yeah. It doesn't mean a thing when you listen to it. It's like, what is this? Right? <laughs> right. So at the end of the day, you want to listen. You want, you want to have good footage. Because especially in Asia, again, it's partly language, right? <coughs> I mean, they will eventually translate everything. But... To, to get their attention, mm -hmm. they, they want to see it. Right. They want to they wanna see the, the art. Right. right. You're speaking about presenters. Uh, yeah, 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 presenters, presenters. yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I mean, since we're in Korea, the, a very good example is K-pop, right? Mm -hmm. When was the last time you read anything about it? You just watch it, right? <laughs> it's on TV, it's, yeah. it's everywhere. And yeah. then you, just, you just get yeah. attracted to it. Right. So it's that very polished sort of look, right? So I think... Um, videos, I think videos are just important. I mean, you know, if you have a footage of, you know, even if it's for five minutes, yeah. I mean, you don't need the whole thing. No one's going right. to sit there and watch right. the entire Brahms concerto, yeah. right? They will listen to highlights, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then they'll just, you know, yeah. Yeah. get this an is, idea of, of... This is very interesting. It's like, because it's uh, also these days you, I mean, first of all, like I think after pandemic, at least from the concert halls where we play, I have a feeling that every concert hall has now a set of cameras built in oh, and yeah, uh, yeah. microphones and everything mm -hmm. is ready for streaming and for video yeah, recording yeah, yeah, yeah. and it feels like 
like it's a majority of concerts that we play now they are either broadcasted live or they are recorded like yes, it was not like this i feel it was not like this like some but yeah but it's that, that's just the, the 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 times that we live in and yeah. technology i mean you think about it a hundred years ago uh recordings were very rare yeah right and and in fact some of the really old guys that we yeah. grew up listening to, they didn't make recordings because they thought that it wasn't yeah for them right <laughs> it was only like in the era of heifetz that <laughs> really capitalized on uh -huh. that because they saw it as yeah. a potential to, yeah. to develop, right? So this is, we're in that era of change now. Right. And for us, it was the pandemic that forced us to, of course. to think very differently. Mm -hmm. uh, but on the flip side, I mean, at least from, um, where, at least from Singapore and in Asia, the perspective is that with these recorded and streamed concerts, are not really more marketing things but mm -hmm. they they're not they don't really generate income mm -hmm. and it's it's a lot of work for yeah. very little yeah money right we can like i i love it you have so much so much insights you know like yeah, from yeah, yeah. from your yeah, years just, of, just, of it's just career. things that i've seen over the years and yeah things that are and because i do get this question here and there from people and it's it's just just letting them know what what what, what is it like because yeah. it's very different because um because I come from music, so going into this job at the very beginning, the knowledge is there, right? That yeah. I know about music, I, I know who, uh, who the artists and musicians are. So in a way, I, I understood and I um, understand how musicians yeah. think because I, I am one. But what was an eye-opener for me was the business of how it works behind all the scenes. And yeah. that's very different. As musicians, it's something we are... you never learn in school. Um, you don't learn anywhere unless you were doing it yeah because but shouldn't they teach a little bit in school like how how is it <laughs> they should <laughs> maybe yeah. I'm, I'm sure that in many schools they do but like when I, was, to, but, but when I was studying i, I we didn't learn anything yeah. but, no, uh, but oh, uh, why? Uh, practicing <laughs> yeah just go practice yeah. you know scale practice yeah. that's it but that's true and and even now nowadays a lot of um schools are trying to introduce like music management yeah. and things like that but then you kind of question it because the people who teaches that do they <laughs> Do they How manage? Much have they done? This? <laughs> yeah. They just teach from a book, right? Right. So a lot of this thing in like arts management, or at least in in, in music, it's a lot of this hands-on stuff that you have to. Yeah. So like, how do you teach negotiation, <laughs> right? Especially on fees, right? How do you? Yeah. How how do you how do you teach that? You know. Well, yeah, it's a big subject, but here it's also like you know we. It's so hard to like because you as a musician you are yourself, like you are yourself a product right and you i mean you need to get paid for playing music yeah, of course, right of course. but like how do you how do you ask for money you know how do you think like or how do you even quantify yeah, when like, someone is why like, i'm worth X yeah amount. exactly and when someone someone writes to you an email okay like so like how much would this cost and you think like okay if i put this number then uh, I, maybe the person is going to think that I'm arrogant or that I'm uh, greedy, you know, and, but if I put too little, then I'm losing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, interesting because it uh, has to come to some kind of a formula, right? It's a number of factors, right? <laughs> I mean, it's how much you want, how much you expect, how much you think you're worth in the market. So without, well. uh, without uh, saying the numbers, as a classical musician, can you make a very good living playing classical music as a soloist? These days, it is a young, yeah. up and coming. Wow, that's 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 a tough question because, <laughs> I mean, um, as a soloist, like a touring soloist, yeah. 
it's hard. Hmm. Unless you are really in the AAA list. <laughs> and the fee structure stuff is also a little bit of luck mm-hmm. as well. Because um, whether you there is a value that you can get higher or not mm-hmm. by with some orchestras and mm-hmm. whether they're willing to pay okay. that that kind of fee or not. So it's also always a trial and error. Yeah, it's like you always need to try and see. Because I don't think that we need to be greedy, but at the same time, like when you charge yeah. as a musician, you're not only charging for one hour of performance. You're no, charging you, you, for your skills, uh, 20 your, years of practicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> your skills, the things you bring to the yes. table. So so some some artists, okay, I won't name names, but some artists, because they've done so well with their social media, uh-huh. they can come on higher rate because they can bring, what they can bring to the table is, um, you you hire me, look at my Instagram followers, um, I think I can guarantee you X number of ticket sales even before you do any publicity. You just mentioned that I'm in your season. D- didn't we like, we, we just played a concert with uh, Song Jin uh, yeah, Cho, yeah, for example. the pianist, and yeah. I, it was an sold out like 6,000 people uh, yeah, 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 yeah. outside venue. It yes, was yes, yes. So for example, artists like that. that yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know because I, I, I didn't sign the contract for that. So. I, I don't know how much the yeah, fee yeah. is, but people like I, I think they that at that level you you'd be comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but also I mean just uh, hats off to to Son Jin because yes. he plays amazing and yes, he's yes, a yes, fantastic yes. musician yeah. and a performer and also just a personality. He comes on stage, you know, there is his presence. There but is, it's actually uh, very, again coming back to the personality. Yeah. if you meet him off stage, right, he's actually a very quiet, quite reserved yeah. person. But when he's performing. His persona, you yes. know, and the music comes out, and yeah. and, and and you see that's the, yeah. that's the that's the. But it, it makes me happy that like in in uh, most of the cases, it's still like you see that there are the special uh, musicians and special performance and young ones also, and the, if you have something special to say with your music, mm-hmm. then chances are you are gonna succeed. Mm-hmm. Then you just need to also know that there are certain doors which you need to knock on, and mm-hmm. there are certain dues you need to pay yes. right and like yeah, a certain yes, network yes. of connections yes. around you that you can yes. uh, and, and coming back to to, to the, you know discussion about competitions and Xiongjin yeah. also is you know these days just because you win an international competition it's not like automatic boom sure. your career is settled for the next yeah. you know years I mean besides Xiongjin and a few others um, for the past competitions competition winners first prize I barely remember most of them, yeah. right? The the which you know, so it's also like, just because you win a competition, you also have to work just as hard in promoting yourself. Of course, right? You can't just stop. Yeah. And just think, oh, I'm a gold prize winner, <laughs> a first prize winner at, yeah. so, that that's going to carry you. you know? yeah. It's interesting you the know? subject of of self promotion because, uh, maybe. Of, so it's of course it's a big difference if I want to uh, I, if I work in the orchestra. And this is the only thing that I want to do. I don't really need to, after I got my job, I don't need to uh, work too much on self-promotion. Because, you know, it's like you are an employee, right? You're mm-hmm. employed by an organization. Yes, yes. An yes. organization is promoting maybe you or just an organization with as the, a whole. Collectively. Yeah. yeah. So then, sure, I have no need. But if you want to be a chamber musician, if you want to be especially a soloist, there is a big amount of pressure on this, like, self-promotion. And it should not be considered as something... Uh, bad, you know, creating that uh, profile for yourself and creating that, uh, so making those social uh, social media accounts grow, mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. 
uh, active website with uh, valuable mm -hmm. information in there. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, we should not be shy as musicians. Yeah. We should not That's be shy true. because, yes. of course, if you do music for yourself, then it's great, yeah, but, yeah. but it's, you're doing music for yeah, yourself. Yeah. But if you want to make music for others... As, and uh, as a career yeah, builder. You need, to, you need to make yourself known because mm -hmm. there is so much noise, there is so much information mm -hmm. around there that if no one knows you, no one knows you. Th that's true, that's true. So it's like there's so many factors, really. Like yeah. you, you, you need a unique voice, something special. Yeah. And then at the same time, you need to build that media sort of following. Yeah. Cult sort of thing. Right. And you never know that where it gets you and then you just have to yeah. continually to, to do that. Yeah, this also, this was for me a little bit of a discovery because uh, when I started building websites, I was uh, interested simply in technicality of it. I loved uh, coding. For me, mm -hmm. it was like, I felt like I'm in a, mm -hmm. a magic land because you write a few lines of, of words mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then suddenly something happens on the screen mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my God, and this like, this button I pressed and yeah, it went yeah, somewhere. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I like, I enjoyed that. But then, I realized that uh, actually building websites for musician, if I just build a, a website and I give it to you and I just say, okay, thank you, goodbye, it's not really helpful because a website is simply a tool. Yes. But to know how to use that tool well and how to, because mm. for, for example, right now, uh, when you spoke about marketing, like it's, uh, I more and more read that these days marketing is all about content creation, right? That it's yeah. content marketing. You. Yes. You don't anymore like put this like pop-up ads and everything because it yeah. only makes people annoyed about your brand and about your company. So yes. you need to write something valuable, free, mm. and people read, and then people might get like, oh, I'm gonna check out, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So of course, like this this uh, series of of podcasts, it's also for me like marketing of my mm -hmm. my company. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's just super interesting for me to mm. meet people like like you yeah, and yeah, talk yeah. about this because it's, uh, you know, I'm like in an hour of conversation like this, you learn. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's always about perspective. Yeah. And it's always about narrative. Yeah. So uh, interesting. So, I mean, this past two years, um, you know, had not, not exactly recorded podcast conversations with my friends back home, but, <laughs> you know, conversations about different things. And, and um, my friend was telling me about, because um, uh, this one friend, uh, he's into what, antique, uh, uh, vintage watches. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and uh, you know, some really fancy stuff. And he was saying that, you know, uh, well, at least in, in Singapore, it says, you know, people buy when you tell a story. Why some brands, right? Never mind um, the price, never mind the value, never mind the quality. If you have a very interesting, unique story to tell, people buy into that. People, <laughs> because they, they feel that they're buying, like, um, into some something heritage, right? Yeah. And so, and they think that, oh, you know, the because it's a legacy. It's like, for example, because we're talking about watches, the best tagline that Patik Philippe has ever done for themselves is, is a tagline, um, you don't own a Patek Philippe, you merely keep it for the next generation, right? <laughs> that's a story to tell because that's a story, right? Yeah. So nice. that's, that's what people buy into. So if you use that kind of idea into classical music, yeah. so what, what could you come up with, right? right? The story is 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 uh, incredible subject. So I I would encourage everyone. You know, like this, for example, podcasts. It's becoming. The, of course, it's more. It's in the states. It's a big thing. Like mm -hmm. pod, listen to podcasts yeah, yeah, on your yeah. way to work and everything. But it's coming also like to all of the other yes, places. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, podcast is an amazing way to create content because also it's not only uh, the, the the audio or, or video you record. So we record a podcast now with an iPhone, you know, it's going to be on YouTube. Mm -hmm. The audio is going to be on all of the podcast services. Mm -hmm. And then you take the 
some bits of it and you repurpose it into a blog post you know oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. about uh, music production about yeah. you know because yeah. from this conversation i can see already that we have like three four subjects to do a separate blog post oh, yeah, about yeah, it yeah. you know so y you spend an hour and you gather material not only like from thin air but from yeah. uh, experience you know that yeah. you bring to the table yeah and so every musician can do the same about like anything that is connected to classical mm -hmm. music you know and i don't know i, ha I had a, i have a friend who was very passionate about changing strings on a double bass, you know? She was like always <laughs> looking for, she was like, if I change G string to this, yeah, yeah, and yeah. if I change A string what, what, to what this, sound oh like yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, can you hear the overtones? And she was like, no, I can't hear the overtones. <laughs> but, yeah, but she was very passionate about this. And yes. you know, you can yeah. create, like I'm sure you can create the whole oh, yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah. speak uh, the once in two weeks oh, about yeah. strings. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you can do that about Rosin yeah. or about French violins. Yes, you know, or bows or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I definitely encourage everyone to to go and do this because it it uh, you can do it just with the phones that you already yeah, have. That's true. That's true. You put your yeah. AirPods, you know, and like, or you invest twenty bucks in a yeah. in a basic microphone and you yeah. go for it. Because like, uh, and it helps you tell the story, and also mm -hmm. the story will develop itself because then mm -hmm. then you maybe don't need to. Uh, come up with a story sitting in your room, you know, mm -hmm. locked away. You can develop the story exactly. in in the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you have to start start with uh, doing something, and then just stick with it. And yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. You know, like if you see some of the more successful, let's say, in the classical musicians who've done really really good stuff on um, uh, self promotion, or I suppose on social media. I'm sure when they started, like right at the beginning, it was just like random stuff. <laughs> and then it started to pick up because yeah. that's their narrative then, yeah. right? They do kind of silly stuff on, yeah. on online and they post it. And somehow, you know, other kids get attracted. Hey, this is quite cool. And then they follow and more and more follow. And then, yeah. then it becomes a bit more professional. And But th but that's your narrative. That's your direction. Yeah, when we and it works. It works for them, you know. And there's nothing wrong with yeah. it. It's just that if that's what you uh, like to do and that's sort of your personality, then... Yeah. Go for it. Imagine for a second that uh, you are in a university, yeah. in a classroom full of students, mm -hmm. and uh, you can give them an advice of how to, uh, how they can make the careers, uh, how, how, to, uh, how to develop their careers. If you could give them career advice, what would you say now? I think first is you've got to follow your passion. <laughs> what is it that you want to do? You know, like... Uh, uh, is it to stay in music is one thing, or in the arts, right? Or do you see yourself that, you know, you want to do something completely different? That's fine. I think you just need to be clear what's the direction, mm -hmm. right? And then uh, I think it's to work hard and just be creative. You've got to think creatively. Because a lot of problems always have a solution, directly or indirectly. And mm -hmm. you just have to think a little bit outside of the box yeah. sometimes. That's great. Yeah. That's good. Good. Thank you, Jack. And yeah, uh, uh, yes, and uh, amazing. Thank you for your time. Yeah. And let's Thanks go to that. the concert. Yes, tonight. <laughs> <laughs>